Which rookies have been the biggest surprises during the 2023 season in the wrong way? All that and more this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use promo code LockedOnNFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Are we even calling it Twitter anymore? Is it X? X. Are we just, uh, I think we're just going to forever call X. it Twitter, right? Yeah, yeah I, it's forever that. Twitter. I'm sorry. I know uh, Elon Musk made the brave decision to change it from a birdhouse uh, to a regular house this week. Uh, for those of you who are on the Twitter app, um, you might have noticed that change. He's making big moves. Got to give him some credit there, but... Uh, uh, you know who's not making some big moves? Some of these rookies, yeah. Marcus. Ooh. By the way, by the way, that's Kate Majuk. You guys know her. Follow her on <laughs> X at Kate Majuk. Uh, yes, Kate, we're going to be talking about some of the rookies that are maybe struggling a little bit, that have surprised us. We've got to start with Jackson Smith and Jigba. This one is fascinating and frustrating to me to use two F words uh, that are a bad one. Uh, Kate, I want to talk about his role in this offense because I, I when they drafted him, I really thought, Okay, this is a slot receiver who's going to play 70% of the snaps. He might be able to get 70 catches as a rookie. Hasn't been the case at all. Has not been the case at all. And you know what? Like he, he's running routes, which is good. Um, not as many as starters, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Um, you know, they're, they're definitely favoring those two veteran wide receivers, which I understand. But yeah, it through five weeks, 18 targets, 12 receptions, just 62 receiving yards. That is 5.2 yards per reception. You don't love to see that. He's playing a lot out of the slot. And, and Marcus, you know, we've we've talked about if they're not going to utilize a slot wide receiver on a significant amount of plays, he's not going to be on the field, which is so frustrating uh you know and usually i wouldn't care too i wouldn't panic too much yeah because it's like oh he'll eventually become one of the top two receivers you know on this team and you spend a first round pick but this is dk metcalf and tyler lockett like i i don't see them moving on from metcalf who's like 25 years old playing really well and i really don't see seattle moving on from lockett because he's the route runner that gets open and it feels like he's going to be a lifelong seahawk it doesn't feel like there's any reason for them to move on from either of these wide receivers like it feels like if they did uh make a move ahead of the trade deadline it would be just to like for the sake of making a move um now like interestingly here's the fun stat of the day jackson smith and jigba actually leads uh this entire receiving receiving core in yards after the catch you know why that is because his average depth of target is 3.3 yards from the line of scrimmage that is just such a disgraceful usage of the talents that Jackson Smith and Jigba have. I'm going to remind everybody that this guy played side by side along Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, who were both like, you know, Garrett Wilson, obviously offensive rookie of the year in 2022. Chris Olave put up a pretty good fight uh, to, to keep his name in the conversation, to win that award. 
And Jackson Smith and Jigba, when he was utilized, was outplaying them. So interesting gravitation sort of away from the usage of and a Marvin slot Harrison, keeper. by the way. And Marvin Harris. It, we, you know, he deserves the show in and of itself. Um, but this, like, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba, I, I think, you know, you're not happy. He's obviously droppable in redraft leagues. He shouldn't, he should not be on any rosters in redraft leagues, but I do think that this is an opportunity to buy low on Jackson Smith and Jigba. These wide receivers, um, you know, obviously DK Metcalf is here for the long haul. Tyler Lockett's getting older. Um, you know, I think again, like you mentioned, probably a Seahawk for life here, but you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba, his time will come. We know the talent is there. It just hasn't come to fruition. And to be honest, I don't, I just don't love the way they've utilized him to this point. Um, you know, is this one of those kind of things where like rookie earn your stripes? No, like, I don't think so. Because even if he does, let's say even if he starts playing better, he's not going to surpass DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett on the depth chart. And I think we know the one thing about Pete Carroll is he wants to use a lot of different formations. He wants to use the tight ends. He wants to run the ball. I, I, when, when the Seahawks lost both of their offensive tackles, like in week one or week two, I thought, okay, maybe this is a chance for JSN. They're going to get rid of the ball quicker. He's going to get a bunch of targets. And it was actually the opposite. Like they just kind of stopped throwing to him altogether. So I, I don't know what to do here, Kate. The dynasty community has really pivoted off JSN. So going into the month of September, his overall ADP was 16.6. Now it has dropped to oh, basically 30. In terms of rookie receivers, Puka Nakua has officially passed him in ADP. Jordan Addison now as wide receiver one in this rookie class. Um, he's now being drafted as wide receiver 17 overall. And I got to be honest, it still feels a little rich to me. It feels rich, but man, you know this upside is so darn high. You no. know the upside is high. Um, but I, I think, you know, maybe to that point, um, you know, it, it, yeah, maybe this is time we adjust our ranks. But I still don't think you can look at Jackson Smith and Jigba and, and the skills he has and pivot away from those uh, just after, it, you know, we've been so spoiled, Marcus. I, I'm not, I'm not selling low on production. him. Do not sell low on him. I'm, I'm, also, I'm comfortable buying. I'm okay. comfortable buying. Let, let's uh, go through a couple of recent trades uh, over the last week because I want your thoughts here. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba for Michael Pittman. I'm going to assume you're JSN there. JSN. Okay. Uh, let's get to a different one. JSN for Tutu Atwell and a 2024 first-round pick. JSN. Silence. I, I think I would lean the 2024 first-round pick and hope to get a receiver in a better situation next year. Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, all right, here's another one. Jackson Smith and Jigbo for Deontay Johnson in a fifth-round pick. In a fifth-round pick? Yes. Um, yeah, I'll take JSN. Uh, one more. Jackson Smith, and this is interesting. Jackson Smith and Jigbo for Stefan Diggs. Uh, I'll take Stefan Diggs. Yeah, I'm the same way. Uh, we'll see. The, the Seahawks had a bye last week. They play the Bengals uh, this week in Cincinnati. I'm hoping... Now that JSN back in Ohio can have a a nice performance for some of the the former Buckeye fans. Uh, so let's see. I'm not panicking too too much, but it's certainly uh, not a great situation. 
Okay, let's talk about another running back or another player. I gave it away. A running back who is in a <laughs> bad situation right now with this current team. Next. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It is the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, all you have to do is pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy sports. You can win up to 25 times your money this football season. Again, all you have to do is select two or more players, pick more or less than on the projected stats, and then place your entry. They also have this thing called the prize pick reboot policy, which reboots your entry. If one of your players gets injured for NFL games and for college football top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second half, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. So go to prizepix.com slash NFL and use promo code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepix.com slash NFL and use promo code NFL for a first deposit match worth up to $100. I'd like to thank you for making Lockdown Dynasty your first listen every day. We'd also like to tell you about the Lockdown NFL Kickoff Live Show. Each Friday, Lockdown will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Lockdown NFL YouTube channel. Host Tanitra Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs will break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchups, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and so much more. Plus, get in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Lockdown NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on any Lockdown NFL YouTube YouTube channel. Okay, let's talk about our guy, Jameer Gibbs, uh, who's been injured the last couple of weeks in Detroit. David Montgomery just going on an absolute tear right now. How concerned are you about his usage uh, with the Lions? Pretty concerned, uh, you know, just considering where we drafted him in our dynasty drafts. Um, you know, the usage has kind of spoken for itself, right? You know, we know that David Montgomery has been the guy. Um, but, you know, Dan Campbell on uh, Wednesday came out, you know, commented on the workload um, dispersal between these two running backs. Uh, mentioning David Montgomery said that guy carries the load. The other one is a changeup. You always want a guy that can take on 20 to 25 carries. Not great, Bob, not yeah. great. You do not want to hear that. Uh, you know, in, you know, you're not, you're not gonna, you know, I, I don't know, Marcus, I I'm, I'm feeling concerned. Obviously, you know, I think, you know, Jameer Gibbs has the edge in terms of yards per carry, not even by much, um, you know, has the edge in terms of yards after contact per attempt, uh, you know, like, I, I don't know. He's, he's got a higher stuff rate. Like they, these two are kind of like neck and neck, uh, I think from a rushing perspective in terms of their, um, their upside and what they offer on the ground. Obviously Jameer Gibbs has the upside in the receiving game, but it's not Jameer Gibbs who's carrying the ball 20 no. times a game. It's David Montgomery. So I I am particularly concerned 
after hearing these comments from Dan Campbell. I kind of wish we would have done this show like two days ago because one of the questions I was going to ask you is how close in your rankings do you have Jameer Gibbs and Devon A-Chain? Because based on just what we've seen so far, you'd have a really hard time ranking Gibbs higher for any other reason except for draft capital. Like that's really the only reason. But now that A-Chain is going to be out for at least the next four games due to a knee injury, you're not going to get him back until at least least week 11. Maybe that's enough to just keep Gibbs higher in your ranks. But how close is it for you? You know, I I still think there's a a decent gap there. You know, Devin A-Chain, A-Chan, sorry, A-Chan. Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. Um, you know, for to this point, obviously he's a smaller running back, uh, 5'9", 188 pounds. Um, you know, my biggest A-Chan. 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 Yeah, we need he, the, he officially the came out and that. Yes, he did. Okay. Um, so you know, coming out, right? Like my general concern with him is that he was kind of a one-trick pony. Uh he's very, very fast, and that is, you know, kind of what he has to offer. It turns out that that's fine. Um, you know, piece that, that speed is genuinely all he needs, but Marcus, my concern for, for a uh, at this point, you know, again, has that smaller frame and he's already been a little banged up to start yeah. his NFL career. That kind of gives me a, a little bit of a red flag, you know, obviously suffered the knee injury going on IR, but um, you know, he, to this point, hasn't looked overly durable. And I, I'm kind of wondering, like, does his size have something to do with that? Um, probably. You know, I mean, he, that's probably not- what's like close or, you know, uh, furthering the gap between these two guys for me. He also looks really small on the football field. And I know that's, I mean, kind of arbitrary, but like, you want your running backs to look like tanks and that's just not him. Right. And it doesn't really matter because he's been this effective, but it also he's gotten banged up down multiple times. And now we're not going to see him for the next month and a half or so. So I get it yeah. as for Gibbs had a, had a foot injury um, in November, 2022 shoulder injury uh, coming off the preseason and then a knee injury that landed him on IR. I, like you're right. So it, you know, in terms of like that sort of, he looks small. I think you're, you're accurate there. And like for comparison, uh, you know, you look at Deuce Vaughn, who is literally one of the smallest running backs to play the game. And he, he genuinely looks like a tank. Like he, yeah. he, he looks much short squatty, right? Yes. He seems to, he, he feels like he plays a lot bigger than that. And I don't think that the, the same can be said for, for Achon. Yeah. Um, as for Gibbs, right now on Dynasty League Football, he's being drafted as RB5, 18th overall. That feels really high to me. And I, the argument against him, or the, the argument for him being that high is, who are you going to put ahead of him? There are a few running backs behind him, like, and I'm going to mention this name again, I think I'd rather just have Kenneth Walker, who is significantly bigger on a run first team. And I think is going to be the workhorse there for a while rather than Gibbs because of what you just mentioned. Like if Dan Campbell feels like we always have to have somebody paired with Gibbs who can have in his words, 20 to 25 carries a game. I just don't know like week to week if you can trust Gibbs at all. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, especially given, you know, let's look at the the contract situation, even for David Montgomery, they gave him a sizable contract, yeah. three years, $18 million, uh, I think 11 million guarantees, like, well, he's not, playing well, like, there's he's absolutely playing no well. reason they, to move on from him. Exactly, like, there, again, kind of like I, I mentioned, you know, if, if the Seahawks were to move on from one of their wide receivers, it's just for the sake of making a move, the same thing stands. Yes. The run game's working and like, it, this is a winning team right now. They're not going to shake things up just because uh, fantasy managers are displeased with the fact that they're not using him, uh, you know, even despite this high draft capital, but I, I'm going to be honest. Like I, you know, generally speaking, these were the concerns I had about Jameer yep. Gibbs and I let myself get talked into it, which is very frustrating very frustrating to we know. all do it we all i, I want to ask you about one more other running back before we move on to a tight end zach charbonnet um the backup to kenneth walker who i just mentioned being drafted as rb4 in this class uh really has been for most of the offseason was rb3 you concerned at all about charbonnet not yet um just kind of in a holding pattern i like i i don't see any reason necessarily to move on from him. Um, obviously, you you want to see some more usage, but I think when he's gotten the ball, he's looked really good. Uh, he has looked good. It's just almost nothing in the passing game through four games, uh, averaging you know about five carries a game. I mean, yeah, it just it feels like he's going to be a guy that's uh, not a change of pace, but like a, just a guy they rotate in every once in a while. This is the problem when an offense has way too many receive or you know weapons, just regardless of position. Um, you know, I, I really do. I think Charbonnet has kind of earned uh, a fair bit more uh, carry share moving forward. Um, you know, right up there, surpassing Kevin Walker in yards per attempt, uh, PFF rushing grade, right on pace with yards after contact per attempt. Um, you know, like he's doing everything right. So that's, you know, part of, of why I'm not looking to move on from either. But Marcus, like it, it is really, really difficult to measure these, these very talented players when they're in an offense with this many offensive weapons, because the volume barring injury isn't there. Let's talk about a tight end in Las Vegas, who we expected a lot more from early in the season next. This episode is brought to you by Jace. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They'll handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. So don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using our promo code LOCKEDON. That's all one word, LOCKEDON, at checkout on jacemedical.com. That is J-A-S-E medical.com. All right, Kate, the last person that we're going to talk about here is Michael Mayer. So a lot of us really liked Michael Mayer going into the draft process. I know most people had him either as the number one or number two rookie tight end. Fell a little bit in the draft. I think some people were anticipating he'd be a first-round pick. 
fell to the top of the second round. The Raiders made a move up to go get him. And he's basically been non-existent. In the first four games of the year, two total targets. Uh, he did have a little bit better game in week five, two catches for 39 yards. But Ooh. how much are you panicking here? You know, I, I'm going to defer to you on this one, Marcus, because I, I this is actually something that uh, I wanted to text with you about and get your your input on and see if this is maybe a buy-low opportunity for Michael Mayer. Obviously, like we knew coming out of the draft, it just a, a top-tier tight end, but not just as a receiver, as like a, a top-blocking option, 800-plus um, receiving yards in each of his final two seasons with Notre Dame. Um great route runner. He's like, you know, he's got size. He's got, um, you know, the ability to track a deep ball. Like he's got literally everything you need. Um, maybe outside of like the speed factor, but he in there, like it's, it's not, it's not bad. Um, I think from like a pure skills perspective, he's still among the top tier tight ends in this class, but it just hasn't produced, uh, or hasn't, you know, come to fruition with targets. Um, you know, but generally speaking, this offense just hasn't utilized its tight ends. They signed Austin Hooper. Um, he's been a non-factor as well. You don't love to see that. But, it, you know, Michael Mayer, I still think he's he's the same tight end they drafted, right? Like, yeah. he's just, you know, the, the usage hasn't been there. Ranks fourth in receiving routes run among rookie tight ends this season. But... Like you've got, you know, the, the Dalton Kincaid, Sam Laportas and Luke Musgraves who are all at 125 routes run plus. Then you have Michael Mayer in fourth at 70 routes run. Like there's a big tier gap between the usage and and deployment in these tight ends uh, in the receiving game being targeted on just 8% of those routes run um, and hasn't done a lot with it. So what are you making of, of Michael Mayer? Cause I think, much like, you know, Zach Charbonnet, much like Jackson Smith and Jigba, like I still firmly believe in the talent, yes. um, but the usage is what is concerning to this point. Do you see this improving at all? And is, is this a buy-low window? I do see it improving. This is a buy-low window because I think you're seeing the Raiders start to increase his usage. They want to get him more involved in the passing game. But I don't know that you should buy him right now because I keep thinking about this offense and I keep thinking about his role. Um, I, I Again, I want to make it clear. I think he's going to get better. But the ceiling, I think, is relatively low. I think even if he gets six targets a game, you're looking at somebody who could put up similar stats to like what Cole Komet is in Chicago or what maybe Hunter Henry did like back in his early days with New England or like days back with the Chargers. I I don't see somebody who is going to be the focal point of the passing offense or even like the number two passing option. Like we've seen Sam Laporta, our guy uh, do in Detroit, by the way, Sam Laporta tight end four right now in dynasty behind Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson didn't take him very long to shoot Mm -hmm. all the way up there. (laughs) I'll give you a real life scenario. I am in a, dynasty league with very short benches four spots in your or excuse me five spots in your bench and somebody and it's a tight end premium league and somebody just dropped michael mayer and i didn't pick him up it cost me it cost me nothing to pick him up because i don't know how long it's going to take for him to get involved in this offense and even when he does is it going to be consistent enough and will the ceiling be high enough for me to wait a year for him to get there i don't know i 
this is looking looking like if you spent like an early second round pick on him in your rookie drafts, like probably a mistake. Yeah, ranking has him at tight end seventeen. Uh, for which the month feels of about right to me when you look at yeah. the names that are ahead of him: David Njoku, Darren Waller, Okonkwo, Komet, Ferguson, Briar. I don't have all those guys. Yeah, I think the the ranking feels like it makes sense. And I mean, looking at those, you know, being drafted behind him also feels kind of reasonable. Greg Dulcich, Dalton Schultz, like, yeah, that that feels very reasonable for Michael Mayer at, at, you know, at this draft cost. He has been tumbling down draft boards since the draft. Um, Every single month, I believe he's dropped, uh, you know, at least a spot or two in ADP um, now at 162 average ADP. What is that? 162 divided by 12 folks. We're doing math. Uh, That is like an average 13 round pick. Um, Whereas when he first started out as a rookie back in May um, was being drafted uh, 108 divided by this is real time math folks. Uh, He's being drafted in the ninth round. So he's dropped a full four rounds since being drafted. And it's warranted. Um, like if you're only yeah, getting absolutely. in your best game, you're getting three targets. I mean, yeah, I, and again, you know, like speaking to the tight end position, we know this, like, this is not a secret, the tight end position, it, this can take a while to develop. And I think especially so for, for a guy like Michael Mayer, who is, I think one of the most well-rounded tight ends, like, you know, Sam Laporta coming out best receiving tight end in this class, um, Dalton Kincaid, great receiver. Like, they had sort of niche roles because I, I don't think there were as many expectations that they were going to have a big role in their respective offenses as blockers. That's not the case with Michael Mayer. I think he's more balanced. And with that nuance comes, I, I think, the need to be a bit more patient. I'm not going to sell low on Michael Mayer, maybe not targeting him uh, no, you know, right now. Don't but go out and target him. Okay, the last thing I'll say about Mayer is like, if he was tied to a better quarterback, mm-hmm. I think I would be more willing to buy. Like, I, I'm trying to think of like who who would you say was like the tenth best quarterback in the league right now? Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is better than ten. Okay, uh, Matt Stafford. Yeah. Okay, if he was with Matt Stafford or a younger version of Matt Stafford, I'm Dak Prescott, right? I would be more willing to buy. Because I think those quarterbacks in time are going to develop a chemistry. They're going to help him push his eight out further down the field. With Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, this is just kind of who Jimmy Garoppolo is. Like, it's, he's a low-volume val- low passing quarterback who doesn't really add value to his pass catchers. So unless there's a quarterback change down the road, I, I really don't see him being a super efficient option, which makes me even less likely to go out and buy him. Oh, this was a stressful show, Marcus. This was a very stressful show. Hopefully we get some super fun Patrick Mahomes scoring bonanza yes. Rocky Rice here on Thursday Night Football because I'm going to need uh, some uplifting. Yes, uh, we're uplifting all cheering. For, we're all cheering for our guys, Rashi Rice and Marvin Mims tonight. That's really oh, yeah. what we're watching. Uh, that's a good segue because tomorrow on the show, we're going to break down what we see on Thursday Night Football. Uh, so make sure you are downloading the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube, where we post shows every single day. Go follow Kate on Twitter slash X at Kate Majuk. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy Thursday Night Football, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.
This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.